We talk a lot about user experience with apps and programs in our life. Well, what the heck is user experience? And how can it help science? How can it help you communicate information? Well, we asked Mike Morrison those questions. Mike is a former web designer turned PhD student in work psychology or organizational psychology, using design and psychology backgrounds to share knowledge. Mike defines the user experience in common web designs today and how user experience makes consuming information faster and more efficient in websites, presentations, language, social media, conversations. With his backgrounds in web design and psychology, Mike believes there isn't a better time to start to apply user experience than during COVID-19. With the rise in virtual events and increase in technology use, the time is now to improve the presentation of your information and make presenting, sharing information easier, better for you, the presenter, and better for the audience to receive it. Mike, inside our top 20 episodes of 2020, here on PT Pinecast. us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, my name is Jimmy McKay. I'm the host of PT Pinecast. Welcome to our, uh, well, yet again, a virtual happy hour. If you're watching on Facebook or on Twitter, how are you guys? PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. Uh, again, my name is Jimmy McKay. I want to know where you guys are tonight. So where are you watching from virtually, even live or in the replay? Let us know. Uh, just just give us that where. We, we love when this show spreads and finding out where you guys are actually located is really, really cool. So uh, feel free to drop uh, you know where, where you're located in the uh, comments below. Say what's up. Uh, that comment section, whether it's on Twitter or uh, on Facebook, that's available for questions during and after the show as well. If you got something burning. Let's hear it. All right. So uh, introduce yourself. Feel free. Make yourself at home. I don't know. Crack a drink. Uh, let's get to the show. Great guest for you tonight. Returning guest to the program uh, back on the show. Uh, tremendous insight from outside of the profession. But if you listen, if you listen, I said if you listen, it can help you inside of this profession of ours. So pay attention. Don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, wherever quality podcasts are heard or crappy podcasts are heard. We're probably there, too. Uh, or uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. And you can follow us on the socials at PT Pinecast. Is that all we got? We got all that out of the way. That's out of the way. Now, returning guest, former web designer turned PhD student in work psychology using his design and psychology backgrounds together to redesign redesign many of the old outdated systems we have for sharing knowledge among scientists. Let's welcome him back to the show right now. Mike Morrison is back in the program. Where is he? Hello, Jimmy. Mike. Yeah. How's it going, man? <laughs> Mike is back. What's going on? Hey, last time we had you on the show, we literally like we're just we couldn't see each other. I know. Yeah. And now, now I you get got a, all these like subconscious calculations you're making about my facial structure, my movements, everything like that. So you make those judgments in like less than a second. You've already made them. <laughs> how am I going <laughs> to argue with you? How am I going to argue? You have a degree in psychology. <laughs> you're, you're, whatever you're saying, Couple. you're probably right. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, yeah, here's you. Uh, first question. We always like to get it out of the way early. First question, always the hardest. What are you drinking? I am drinking Boylan's root beer. So it is like the it. second highest rated root beer on rootbeer.com. Uh, I had a really horrific insomnia for a couple of years. So I learned I couldn't really drink alcohol or caffeine very much. So I got really into root beer. I'm kind of, it's kind of weird. Well, but, if you're going to go drink the silver medal of root beers. Like, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm talking way. about. Yeah. You can't, number one, you can't throw out number two without telling me what number one. My is. personal number one is Virgil's special edition Bavarian nutmeg, which they stopped making. And I called them and I was like, what happened? And they were like, well, you know, we just, it was a special edition. I was like, yeah, but it was out for two years. That's not special. I would have bought all of it if I thought yeah. you were going to pick up, but yeah. All so right. That's, it comes in a big bottle, like the, you know, the extra big, like, um, yeah. Yeah. 
I like it. I'm doing a, a returning beer to the show. I just love this in the summer. This is the uh, the Lining Kugel Summer Shandy. Nice. If, uh, if lemonade and beer had sex and made a baby, that's what <laughs> Cheers to you no matter what you're drinking as we cheers into the camera there, uh, Mike. Um, questions again, if you have anything for Mike as we go through the show, drop those uh, below. We can get to those as well. So let's start first off. You mentioned you have a degree in psychology. Uh, a little bit of your background. You were a website designer. Would you, were you a psychology graduate or website designer? What was the order? Uh, I, w- I had the typical like computer science like uh, story without the success, right? Like I had like I, I dropped out of a CS major in undergrad to go work at a software startup and make millions of dollars, and that startup completely failed. I made no money. I made less money than my friends who just went and got a normal salary. And then like I like tucked tuck my tail between my legs, revamped my whole life, lit everything on fire, and went back to school for psychology. Okay. Um, and so, uh, I got really burnt out. I started in, in, in web development when I was really young. So I had about 10, a little over 10 years. And then I started, uh, going back towards the long road to a PhD in work psychology. So I did my undergrad in psychology. I did a master's and now I'm trying to finish a PhD. So that's a, that's a weird mix. That's, that's almost as yeah. radio DJ, physical therapist, uh, kind of coming together. Completely. Uh, had yeah. another guest on the show, Sarah Beth Burke. She did her PhD, um, on hybridity people with uh people with like mixed backgrounds and varied backgrounds oh, coming together and how, how that's actually stronger and you're an example of this. i love it yeah. yeah because i think i think like a programmer and designer and like a psychologist right which is weird um and so because they have that technical half too and I, I found it really helpful and like um yeah i think that those hybrids are so cool so like yourself. i don't think i got to ask you this last time you were on the show but when you were designing websites this, that's before your psychology degree yeah were you kind? Con- I mean, you were constantly asking yourself, "What would the user want to do?" And user experience and end users are words a lot in UX, and we're going to get into that. But were you starting to think like a psychologist would, or trying to put yourself in those shoes? Oh, completely. And they degree they put words to it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, um, I think as a as a user experience designer, when you're doing websites, you learn that like if a website takes two seconds to load instead of one second, you'll see the traffic completely drop off, right? Like it's, 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 it's you obs- oh yeah. Oh no, you obsess over it. You're like, I gotta get it down by a tenth of a second. I gotta make this image smaller. And like you really get super sensitive to those frustrations and the user experiences and how people just bail. Cause you know how it is online. Like if you're bored for a second, you just click the back right. button. Right. So if you're building that website, you just obsess over it. And uh no, but I think I uh yeah. I think I really got the bug to sort of try to like help people and make a difference, you know, versus, uh, and I did, I didn't feel like I was getting that from software. You can get that from software. I just wasn't. And so yeah. psychology. So we're going to dig into user experience. And if you're listening to this, if you're on Facebook and Twitter, or you're listening to the podcast and you're saying, well, why the heck am I going to listen to my psychology, user experience websites? I literally want to <laughs> entire time what, like parallel. And I know Jerry Durham's watching this user experience in your clinic, no matter where it is, yes. think about this parallel because it's it'll pay dividends. So let, yes. let's get the terminology out of the way first, Mike. Sure. UX, it's kind of one of those terms that's like pretty hip, right? Yeah. Uh, so define it for us. What is user experience in your world? It's basically just designing for laziness, right? So the idea is that, you know, usually laziness is like an insult, right? You call someone lazy, like, what the hell, man? But like, in user experience design, it's a compliment. If you make a process lazy, it's like bulletproof, right? If people can just do it effortlessly. And we kind of look at people in user experience design, we look at people as evolved to being to be lazy, right? If you think about somebody who just wants the maximum possible reward for the least possible effort, that's just efficient, right? right. And so it's just, it's just acknowledging that and designing for it. So the, the classic example is like Amazon's one-click button, right? So like Amazon's one click button, that patent's worth like a trillion dollars or some crazy number, right? Like, uh, it's not a trillion, it's billions, but like, uh, you know, like, cause you know how that is on Amazon, one click, you get it in two days. That's all UX, right? The fact that the button is like orange and has a complimentary blue text on it, that's graphic design. But the fact that you can click it and it takes care of everything in one click, that's UX. And that's really, it can be the difference in a failing and a successful business and really like for your clinic's sake, like you have a user experience, like people have a user experience, whether you design for it or not. So if you don't pay attention, it usually just regresses to the worst, even though you probably have good instincts about things, you know, but like, uh, you really, you know, you have one regardless. I I love that. that that. I love that. That makes sense. What you're saying is there, I loved, uh, there's a couple of things I want to unpack. Number one, there is a user experience, whether you're planning for it or not, it's good, bad, or in between. And I always like to say like from communications, 
if you don't, even if you don't have someone who's hired for public relations, you're doing public relations. Yep. It's bad or, or good or somewhere in between. It's happening. Exactly. Kind of go hand in hand. Are you paying attention to what I value and how I value either receiving that service or information? If you don't, I'm going to leave or I'm going to back click or I'm going to back click out that clinic door or I'm not going to come back again. And that's, that should scare you. If you, if there's, there's a saying and I can summarize all of UX, the thing is like graphic design takes like a lifetime to learn UX. I can teach you really quickly. So like really there's this one quote that brings it all together. And that's like, if something is hard to use, people just don't use it very much. Right. And so if you want something to be more used, you have to make it easier to use. And if you make it fun to use, they'll remember it. Right. So that's the idea. Yeah. Cheers to that. I definitely like that a lot. Um, so, uh, so when I originally, you know, crossed paths with you and your work and user experience, um, really when you were taking, taking psychology and user experience and you were using it to help science, which if science people are like to think we're smart and uh, they typically are, but sometimes smart people do dumb things or in your world, I, I guess we would say smart people do the opposite of lazy things for some reason. They're super industrious people, right? Like, so everybody, every scientist is like super smart, super hardworking, right? And then, and like the thing that people don't know about scientists is that like scientists are very smart, but they feel stupid because everyone around them is smart and it's relative, right? And so you have the situation in science where you just assume there's a good reason for everything. You know, you come in thinking, well, science must have the best of everything. If I see it, it must be a, a scientific right. reason. And they have just, they have as dumb, outdated systems as like the government. You know, like um, you hear about the army using, you know, 1980s DOS computers. Science has things about that bad in terms of publishing. It's And the, the, the tragic thing, though, is that like every delay you know, I talk about a website taking one second to load versus two seconds. So a scientific journal article can take five minutes to get to. And that that delay is imagine like somebody trying to research the disease that's going to kill you. That's five minutes in delay of them trying to figure out that idea they had to solve it. Right. And then that's punishing, too. If you think back to psychology, right, rewards and punishments. If a user experience isn't very enjoyable and it's punishing, you can't find what you're looking for. It takes too long. You just don't come back. And so you don't try as many ideas. You don't, you're not as free thinking. And that's happening all across science. It's really awful. It's killing a lot of people. I'll throw this at you the other way too. Let's say it's difficult to get the information like a journal or it's behind a paywall paywall and you just yeah, you can't even get it all. It. Yeah. We'll go the other way. What if you're literally in the audience at a conference hearing someone speak and they're not engaging and they their information just doesn't get into your brain or you're yep. in the in the in the expo hall and you're walking by their poster, they've got the answer you were looking for for that particular question. You just didn't get it because their design was wrong. That's exactly right. And, and like people blame themselves in science, right? You're like, well, it's just because I'm stupid or I didn't pay enough attention. No, you can blame the design. Like you really can blame the design, especially in science when no one's trained in design. And we're so yeah. quick on the internet. You're like, this website sucks, but you don't do that in science and you should. Right. That's a good point. All right. So, so how can UX help science? We talked about all the different ways that science falls short. Now we've, 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 we've exposed the problem. Now we've got to, we've got to propose a solution. <laughs> So some things are easier to fix than others, right? Um, that's why I, I, I started with the poster just because everybody uses the same PowerPoint template. And it's like, well, I yeah. can upload a new PowerPoint template, you know? And like, that's something I can do by myself. Something like publishing is going to take a lot bigger effort um, but because uh, there's so many systemic things. But yeah, the, I mean, the posters were, if you can imagine, like uh, billboards with paragraphs all over them, like driving down the highway, seeing billboards with paragraphs and not being able to get anything. It was that bad. It still kind of is. Um, so I've been working on that. Um, I think the next probably thing that's that's easy, easiest is relative, right? But easiest to fix for one person is probably um, writing and presentations. Okay. So like, you know, scientists give, we've talked about this, Jimmy, like, we, like scientists give tons of presentations and there is that like, there's a sense in science, usually like in the public, you expect things to be engaging. And if it's not, you're like, screw this, it sucks. But like in science, there's something like where if it feels dense and complicated, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, like there's there's actually a correlation. But if you make it, if you take a scientific article and you artificially inflate the reading difficulty, right. the public will hate it. But scientists will trust it more. <laughs> and like it's it's the dumbest bias. It's like it's artificially hard. Like there's no reason for it to be this hard to understand. But in the, like they won't learn as much, but they'll trust it more. And so it's just that sort of dumb human bias of like preferring that density. But um. I think presentations and, and writing are things that are pretty tractable because you can, yeah. there are objective things you can apply to presentations, like things like 
people have a limited capacity. They can only absorb one piece of information at a time. So if you have a wall full of bullet points, just bring them on one bullet point at a time. That's a simple, you know, like that's a, that's, that's a straightforward objective way to clear your communication up, but it and it gets bigger than that, of course. But, um, and then writing style too, scientists write, I'm going to shut up. I guess I, I'm rambling on here, but like science, scientists write to get published more than they write for clarity. Right. right. Um, and getting published may, you mean you need to sound formal, sound smart. Um, like my favorite thing in psychology articles is people will say like, uh, well, as you know, when humans, it's like, we, you can just say you or we, or, you know, like, like, and like, oh, like nobody non-human is re reading this being like, oh, it's referring yeah. to humans. I wasn't clear on that, you know? And like, uh, and so like it's things like that are when one must like the, the, that kind of formal kind of language and there's no reason for that. And it hurts clarity, but it's people are afraid not to use it. I've even got to use it in my dissertation. My advisors assured me it's the last time I'll ever have to, but I'm doing this, it. This intersection that you live in, like, man, it must simultaneously give you like like such a good feeling that you're like, man, we I, there's a lot of work here to do. Yeah, I'm going to be employed, yep. but it also makes you want to bang your head against the wall. That's very astute. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel day to day. <laughs> it's like, it, it's part like, man, I got a lot to do, man. It's like, yeah, but like if I die of some disease, cause these, this system's so inefficient, you know, like it's, it's really awful. And like being a PhD student, having to do my dissertation and do research through this hideous system and being a UX designer and knowing at every click how much better it could be with modern technology and how I shouldn't have to do this. It's, it's upset. Yeah. It's, Ignorance was bliss before you figured yeah. it out. Man. All right. Well, let's, yeah. we, we, we've referenced it a few times. I'm going to bring up um, and see if you can bring it up on screen. Let's uh, let's talk about better poster. This is what I found. And I, and to be honest, it doesn't even matter, but I can't remember where I tripped across it probably on Twitter somewhere and saw this video. And honestly, I mean, there's probably research on it. You probably know the answer, but I'll watch, I'll look at a title or a thumbnail and be like, okay, that's interesting enough to watch. I'll click it. And then there's already an internal clock in my head going, if this doesn't really blow me away with information, I'm just closing this YouTube video. Yours, I think, was it was north of five minutes. And I watched the old, whole thing. Twice, oh, that's great. Twice. Oh, twice. Oh, man. That's, that's I'm doing those half a million views that Mike's better poster video has on YouTube right now. The kid's got uh, two videos on his YouTube channel. And uh, half a million videos, that's it. Or sorry, half a million views. Um, so I want to talk about Better Poster. And biggest compliments got to be when you see people using hashtag Better Poster with their variations of your design, and they're doing it well. And they're doing it better, and they figure out a ways to do it even better than you did. And that's my favorite. Is like I feel like I propose like kind of a half-baked idea that might help, and then like people do it better, and then I, I learn from what they do, and then I make and then I, I use that inversion too, and like incorporate the cool ideas that other people come up with. Yeah, I mean, because scientists are smart, right? So if like I that is the the positive end is if you give them like something to work with, they get it really quickly, and then they improve on it really quickly, right? Um, so yeah, um, yeah, that's All been right. the best part is seeing let's people throw, succeed. With let's it. throw something up on the screen. Yeah. We'll let Mike do that, and then walk us through better poster. I just I mean, I like, I love your voice. Number one, as a guy who was in radio, you got a good voice. Thanks, man. My dad was in radio. I'm glad it, you, I got the. You genius. narrated well. You were succinct, short, sweet, and to the point. Someone watching this video live on Facebook or Twitter, or watching the replay uh, on YouTube or anywhere else we put it, I want to see where you put this into play. I want to see the hashtag Better Poster Design at CSM at state events. I want to see this. Take a picture and share it, but. Mike's going to explain why these designs uh, are good and need to be, uh, well, everywhere. Otherwise, w this information we have just stays locked. Yeah. And that, that, so that'll take me a while to sort of fully go through it, but uh, I can show you the quick example. And right, so this up. is yeah. the version one. So right, I think like a software developer. So it's sort of like, here's version 1.0, wipe the slate clean. So this is not what you're looking at right now. So what you're looking at right now is the template of a typical scientific poster. Uh, can you see it already? I guess nope. I'm not sharing my screen. Okay, hold on not a yet. second. You have to edit there. Um, should be one click, Mike. Should be one click to get that on the screen. I'm just saying, whoever's designing this platform. It should be. It is. Yeah, let's say. <laughs> um, there's actually, actually, there's a technical number, 400 milliseconds. So, like, if, if for a design to feel intuitive, it should take you about 400 milliseconds between your intention and what shows up. So, like, a Google search is, like, 700 milliseconds, right? And it feels very intuitive. But if it's much longer than 400, then you start to get frustrated. So, that's room for improvement there. 
Um, All right, we got, Mike's, we got Mike's screen on the screen right now, and you're going to walk us through better poster. And this is again, this is how I tripped across Mike and his work, and how well half a million other people have uh, have watched this as well. So walk us through the design, why it's so uh, why it's so innovative, and why we should be adopting it. Sure. Yeah. So what you see on the left is sort of a typical scientific poster. Um, it's just a wall of text, right, with title on top and authors. Um, and then the better poster idea looks more like this. It looks more like a billboard and it kind of works like this. So you can't help but read the main finding as you walk by. And already right there is like, that's a huge, to go Big back difference. to it. Sorry about that. Um, like even just this, right? The idea that you can learn from posters you walk by is a huge improvement. Most scientific posters you have to stop at to learn anything. And there are 200 in the room and you have an hour. So you can't stop at all of them, right? You can only usually stop at a couple. So just tra transforming posters into something that teaches people as they walk by just dramatically boosts the insight across the whole session, right? Yeah. So you can get something out of every hundred posters you walk by instead of just one or two. So that's already a big improvement. It's just putting the main finding in the middle, big negative space. Um, and that's and what then, you call that. You call that the billboard section, right? Yeah, the hero area. Hero um, area. That's yeah, it. it's, that's borrowed from web design. Um, or bill, yeah, billboard too is probably a better name. And then on the left here, we have a sidebar. So really, people don't actually read much behind, besides the billboard area when they stop because they can just ask you, the presenter, right? Um, but what I found is like if you put the extra information far enough away from your physical body, they won't feel about as awkward about getting in your bubble, right? So people have called this sidebar on the left like the introvert bar, right? Because they feel far enough away from you that they'll like skim it a little bit um, before they ask you questions. And the way to think about this is like everything you get in people's brains before they ask you a question will make them ask better questions because they sort of prime themselves. Say that um, again, because I think that's so important. Everything you get in someone's brain before they ask you a question about your research will yes. make them ask deeper and better questions because yes. you've primed them, you've given them a better retrieval cue. And so that's one of the interesting things with we've seen with better posters is um, people ask better questions. And even like I had one guy, like I had my main finding in the middle like this, um, and he walked by my poster and he just like, instead of being like, well, gave me a whole summary because I have no idea what's on your poster. He was just like, what about collectivist cultures? And he was right. I hadn't considered that. And I was like, I hadn't actually thought about that. He's like, yeah, wow. you should. And he kept walking. And I was like, that was great. It was a 10 second interaction, but like it was totally helpful, you know? Um, but, uh, but anyway, so we got the sidebar on the left, the introvert bar. And then if they come talk to you, then we have a sidebar on the right for you to kind of point to and present from. So this is kind of really based on the idea of like how people use posters or how I saw people using posters. They yeah. always like point to things and, um, so then you also have a QR code. If somebody doesn't want to stop, they can scan your QR code and get a copy of the entire paper. And then you can build up this middle area. What we found in the last year is that, like, uh, one of the things we found is that if you add a, a central figure to the figure to the to the middle, a couple things happen. One, scientists trust it more when there's a figure there, even though they don't actually read the figure. Um, and then. Ugh. But two, um, which is why I didn't put one on there for a while. I was like, are you going to read it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we need a figure. I put it there and they'll be like, oh, it looks wow. great now. Like, what does it say? Like, I don't know. Like, um, but uh, that, I mean, but also like when people are talking to you, like they need something to sort of blankly stare at and for you to walk them through. So if you do have a really key figure, it can put off a stronger cue that you have more information to learn. It can give them something to stare at. Right. Um, and then you can decorate it. People decorate it with like, you know, on theme backgrounds, which helps with learning. So this was like the first better poster, like the better poster version one. Um, so hold on a second. I don't want to skip past that introvert or excuse me, the, um, uh, the bar on the right. What'd you call the cheat sheet? Yeah, cheat ammo bar, cheat sheet, yeah. So that, don't skip over that because I, I love that because I definitely did that too. I, I created a poster in, in PT school and I knew I was going to be standing in front of it and I didn't want to be caught having to say, I don't know. It's your crutch. So, so we used the whole poster as my cheat sheet. <laughs> exactly. You just everything. You said, crutch. listen, if you need it, on the right, you can use that ammo bar. Like if you need to mm -hmm. refer or you need some data because you something you can't memorize do it, but don't make it your whole damn poster. And I like where you, you put it closer to the side of the poster that, you know, if you decided to stand on, if it's going to be on that side. And yeah, that it says, if you want to come in this bubble, I've got more information for you. Yeah, it takes into account. And that's what UX is really, you know, user experience on the whole thing is like taking into account the user context. And the context includes things like where your body is standing and where their body is standing, right? Um, and so it does. It, I, the funny thing is about that ammo bar is I usually my favorite question to ask better poster version one presenters is like, what did you not need? Typical designer question, right? Like what was wasted? What did you not need? And nearly every time they're like the entire ammo bar. It was just, wow. you know, it just made me feel better to have that stuff there. I didn't actually Why need it, know? right? 
Um, and so like, so, so here's a parallel, right? Here's a parallel of, of radio and scientific poster UX design. I would tell people all the time, we had these things like called liner notes, right? Hey, uh, Foo Fighters are coming. They're coming on, uh, you know, like July 4th. They're going to play at this place. Tickets are on sale. Like there's a lot of information. So I would say if you're going to talk about the Foo Fighters concert after the Foo Fighters song that you're playing at 3.30, it's counting down. The song is Dave, Dave Grohl's jamming, right? Just read that a bunch of times, right? Read it, read it. There's my ammo bar. And then I was mm -hmm. like, turn it over and put it face down. Now explain it like you tell your friend that about that exciting thing. Yep. Now, if there was specific information you needed, like you, things you that you need to memorize, like I would always say like a date would be pretty important because like if you mess up that number, like July 5th, not July 4th, the person doesn't show up to the Foo Fighters concert. Right. <laughs> but I would say like if there's specifics, you know, if there's stuff that you can get in there, delete it from you having to regurgitate all that information. And that's that ammo bar. There's that parallel. Yeah, no, completely. And, and you, you'll be surprised like how much less information you need. You just needed that date, right? And if you had this whole paragraph of the Foo Fighters and really right. it was just that bolded date that really influenced you, right? And I think a lot of communication is like that where like we only need a couple cues to really get us there. Um, and it's about UX is partially about just put just putting those on. What do you need and nothing more, right? So exactly. we have a link to uh, to Mike's video in the comments of this. If you're watching on Facebook or you're watching the replay, you can take a look at that. That was better poster version 1.0, which means there, there needs to be a version 2.0. What I've done with 2.0, good question, Jimmy, <laughs> um, is like I've just basically taken the approach. Um, so I started, you know, trying to like do this new layout um, because like this started showing up all over science. Like if you walk into any conference in science, you'll see a couple of these. Um, and so I thought like what I had to do was create and even like incorporate everything I learned in the last year um, you know, into like a perfect version two for all like the, you know, the people that came up with ideas and the objections and, um, and my girlfriend just walked into the room. She's a scientist and she, uh, she just said, I think you need to stop trying to build an idiot proof layout and just teach us the principles. And that I completely I scrapped everything I was doing, you know? And so really version two is going to be teaching you and teaching everybody the UX theory and the evidence behind all of this. So yeah. you can create your own layouts and do whatever you want. Cause really, you know, it really should, you know, you should do something unique to your study. But I do have some uh, some specific layouts that are it's in version two. It's more like teaching how to fish, right? Instead of exactly, just it's time to teach people. How to, yeah, and so like yeah. I'll show you a couple of the uh, the the better poster two layouts. Um, so the basic idea with better poster two, and I'll show you. I'll run you through this really quick. Just ignore the insane character you're about to see. All right. Um, so uh, this is actually. This is dummy from Better Poster 2. I might scrap him. He's the idea is that he represents like the inner lazy idiot in all lazy, of us, right? Um, like uh, he's kind of me. But um, so you start with a sentence, right? You build up like what can you teach him in five seconds, right? Um, you can get a fast image in, right? So the idea is that images can be processed very quickly. You have about five seconds of attention. So getting a even a real image from your study or a process in, you can get it in with a short sentence, right? Um, and then the idea is that, uh, also here, like real figures, a lot of times are too slow. Um, but notional figures are good. And then we go into, um, there's one other place that people can store data and we get into how you can store data in the emotions. So right now, usually if you're designing something in science, you want it to feel very like clinical, right? Like very like sanitary and, and like boring and, and like, and just like trustworthy right so right. if you look across science you see all these like trust blue and trust red you know and just like boring colors right they're your school's branding colors when really like if you cared about the learning experience you would use color to stimulate emotion that's relevant to your study and that emotion helps people learn helps you remember and helps them pay attention um which is really design 101 but to scientists stimulating emotion feels very like oh but it's really it's scientific to trigger emotion with your designs even when you're doing science um and then uh the other the other part is like surprise and delight so we go into that a little bit like here's my favorite surprise and delight somebody just is study he's studying like sea sponges and he added a little spongebob to his poster like yeah and so then spongebob is searching and he's searching for sea sponges so it's like double Classic. meta it's little things like that, that you can make people laugh with if you make someone laugh with your poster like they'll remember it so much better and like they'll enjoy the session better right and if you offend them they'll definitely remember it so you've achieved your goal there sure um, and so uh but uh to get to the layouts um so we have the better poster version one and then i've got a presenter layout um well hold on let's say there we go 
So I've got a presenter layout, um, which is just sort of your five second layer on the left. So people can walk by and get it really quickly. Um, and then some key figures on the right with uh, punchlines at the top. And this is for somebody to like sort of dumbly stare at while you present at it. Um, so this this is more of you have a, a figure heavy kind of study. Um, so this is this is probably going to be the layout that makes a lot of people happy that want to see more data and figures. Um, we're, we're really, really, we're conditioned to see those three columns title across the top. Uh, intro, abstract, yep. methods, conclusion, uh, use the same font. And we know that there are better ways, but now you're able to actually explain why in terms of psychology, why we avoid that. It's mm -hmm. because we feel like it's more trustworthy and more serious and be taken, taken more serious. And that's our, that's our point, but we're missing the ability to get it there. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it's A lot of times you walk by scientific posters and what you you don't really learn anything. You just feel like that's a lot of effort. That's trustworthy, but you learn nothing. Right. Um, and like, we need to sort of shift to focusing on learning outcomes instead of like this feel of effort or this feel of trustworthiness. And a lot of times scientists, there's something in uh, psychology called uh, goal orientation. Have you heard of this before? Is this something? No. Else? Okay. Basically when you're doing work, you're doing it either to like make your boss happy. Right. Um, right. or make your teacher happy, or you're doing it to like, do an intrinsically good job for you, right? Um, and most scientists, they got into a PhD program because they, what did they do? They made A pluses all through undergrad and everything yeah. and they passed every test. They made the teachers happy. So when they make something like a poster, they're just trying to make something that makes them look like they put in the work, right? That makes them look like they did effort. They're not really thinking about these learning goals and this teaching. Um, and they're afraid to cut anything because they've trained that if a scientist, if you cut, if you leave out detail, you're lying. When really like, Nobody can absorb all that anyway. It's sort of like the, right. you know, like the terms of service you agree to when you like click through stuff. It's like that. You don't read any of it. So no. like, yeah. So like imagine lawyers having an argument over like, well, we can't remove this line from the terms of service. And it's like, no one reads any of it, you know? And like, it's, it's the analogous kind of thing. Um, I mean, so. I mean, people, people just pass these templates down, right? Like, like professors hand out, this is the, this university template for your poster design, please use it. Um, and then it goes to back to what you're saying is, you know, why are TED Talks 17 minutes or that's the max? Like, well, mm -hmm. Ted did a bunch of research and they're like, listen, even the best, most honed, well put together presentation on our TED stage, if it's 18 minutes, no good. If it's, you know, 1730, also not good. So we've decided like, hey, 17 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked about this before we uh, we recorded, I think, our this episode, which is, well, how long should this be? And I think my answer always is because for some reason, whenever people are either making their own podcast or coming on my show, they always ask, like, how long should I prepare? And my answer is always be like one minute less than it would be if it started to become bad. So like, I don't know, how long do you need to get across this really cool thing that I want you to talk about? Like, get there and then we'll stop because the audience is like, okay, they're done. So there are two things in what you just said that are a perfect segue to user experience design principles that underlie all of this. Yeah, you totally got there. Um, but like, uh, so one of them is interaction cost, right? So interaction cost, you think of like fast food is like really low interaction cost, right? It's right. just low effort to put in, right? Whereas like following a recipe is a lot of effort. It's very high interaction cost, a, a 20 minute, you know, a 30 minute video versus a two minute video, right? Um, and the other one is something called information sent. So like basically how interesting something is to you. This is all basically, so this is all related to information foraging theory, which is like the bedrock of user experience design. The basic idea is that we forage for information the way we used to forage for food when you were a cave person. Right. So if you think of like dating site profiles, right? You're like going through and you're like, oh, that guy's paragraph's too long or that girl's paragraph's too long or something, you know, like uh, not, you know, nothing there or like, oh, this seems interesting. And you pause for a little bit, you know, or you like skip. Um, you're kind of foraging like like that. Um, and like, the two, are, we, are we into Tinder science now? Because I like we're into Tinder science. Yeah. I mean, like, so okay. I mean, the direct example is Netflix. Actually, if you can still see my screen. Yeah, we just put it back um, up. Okay, so like when you're browsing Netflix, right? Um, you've probably done this before where you're like yeah. not interested in anything, right? Um, like Netflix, like everything's about the same interaction cost. But when you're browsing, you'll you'll do this, right? You'll like skip most of the thumbnails in the row and then like kind of pay attention to one and be like, I'm not feeling any of this, right? But if you if you like find a category on Netflix that you're really, really interested in, you'll find yourself like really, really paying attention to each thumbnail, right? Because, because when you hover, it starts that little preview. 
Yeah, and because it's like if you're looking for escapist reality TV oh. and you find a category called escapist reality TV, you're like, ooh, and you like analyze it really closely and really evaluate each one. So that's called information sense. So basically, so it's like, are they tracking that? Like, are they looking for patterns and where you're where you're trackpad and your I have no idea but they should be because you can tell how interesting something is by how people forage it right, right. If, if something stays interesting and stays low interaction costs like more interesting than it is effort people will keep paying attention keep uh keep foraging but if you wow. uh if it, if it if it gets too much effort or it loses interest it loses your interest you'll just you know space out and keep and start skimming I, I do that. I definitely do that. I thought I, I when I do that, I'm just like I'm probably the only person who does this, and I'm probably not. oh no, but that's that's like that's like the monkey part of your brain, like doing that. It's that it's all of us. <laughs> um, it's like, Actually, little, little known fact, Mike. That's most of my brain. <laughs> Mine too, Jimmy. <laughs> all right. I guess why I'm a good UX designer. Foraging theory. Stupid, talk to me. Talk to me more about foraging theory. I want to learn sure. this. To be smarter than 99% of the people out there who don't know about it. Yeah, sure. So basically. You just have to, in order to make something engaging, you really just have to make it more interesting than it is effort. And there are like two ways to do that, right? You can you can keep it high effort, like a book or something, but make it super interesting, promote right. it, like make it a good cover design, things like that, right? Um, make it relevant to the person. Or you can make it lower effort. So you can take a boring book and make it a paragraph. And it's like, well, I'll read it if it's a paragraph, you know, or whatever. And like, so you can you can either lower the interaction cost or boost that information sent. Um, and that's basically foraging theory is like, uh, is you can replicate it in animals. Like if, uh, if you think of like bushes, like if the bush has like a smell that's got a lot of good berries on it or whatever, but it's too thorny, you're like, nope. And you just move to a different one, right? Um, and on a website, it's the same deal. If you're browsing websites and it's like, it's it's giving you like a lot of interesting stuff and it's easy to use. You stay on it. You keep browsing, right? You keep foraging. But the second it gets too thorny or like you lose that scent, you lose that trail of interestingness, you just bail. Um, and that's that's really, it's a basic human thing. You can, you, it's, it works to animal behavior too. And if you really, every website you browse, every app you use is is using information foraging theory to give you a better experience, either accidentally or on purpose. And if you really understand that that's what's happening, then like, a lot of a lot of UX designers, I think, are doing that un, like unconsciously. But like, if you know that there's this animal behavior behind it, it can make you help you do it even better. Do you, have you heard of the grunt test? No, what's that? I didn't make it up. I read it in a book, but it's so simple that I remembered it. So obviously, the information was pretty valuable, and the effort you know required to, to learn it was super low. So the grunt there you go. <laughs> test, anything that you look at, see, interact with, you are giving you were giving the grunt test too, right? So it's so e it's so simple. You, the A caveman should be able to grunt the answer is why it's called the grunt test. <laughs> so you should be able to look at something and be like, what do you do? How does it make my life better? What do I need to do to get it? And yep. if you can't answer those questions, it's too much effort. So I just go, I don't know what you do. I don't know how it makes my life better. I don't know what I have to do to get it. I don't know what that is. I'm out. Yep. That's so, I mean, so, I mean, if you want to pay attention to it, I answered the grunt test at the top of every podcast now once i figured out the grunt the grunt test oh, changed my intro and we start with a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight remarkable ideas and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy i'm going to continue to say that and you're going to know why every time because i'm easily making sure you know how to pass the grunt test it's a podcast got it so i have to download it if i want what does it do saves physical therapists from missing out on these things amazing insight remarkable ideas and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy what do you do how does it make my life better what do i need to do to get it where do i sign up like you need to make it that easy so when you say i am a and this is this is inside knowledge right to the to the physical therapy world mike but you're gonna be able to translate it is I'm a I'm a physical I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I have certifications in four different things that you've never heard of and you have no idea what these words are and I'm I'm trained in all these different certifications and I went all these courses and I have all these letters after my name. All you just you overloaded me with information that I cannot compute. It will be too much for me to look all those things up and figure out how it helps me uh, make my life better and what you do. I don't care what I have to do to get it. I'm going to move past it. Mhm. Mm you know, that's a great example. And like it is and I think like the strongest is what you've done in your intro. I love the intro too. Like really the 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 strongest information sent you can provide is to get right to the point. Because that's what that is, that is literally if you're trying to learn something, right? And like um you you just get right to that value. Um that's the fastest route. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So that's better poster. I really want people to check that out. And we've dropped the uh, the link in the comment. I want to make sure people get to Twitter poster. This mm. is something that 
came about pretty recently. Talk to us about Twitter poster and make us learn. Make us learn, Mike. Okay, I'm gonna try. <laughs> it's gonna be a mix of a webinar and podcast here. Um, here we go. So stop me if I'm ranting. But um, basically, online you have this. This it's foraging all over again. So if you think of a poster session or a museum. The, the, the bushes or the patches are like the exhibits, right? Or the individual right. posters. And online, you know, a patch might be a website, it might be a webpage, right? And so when we talk about moving scientific posters online, really like people think a scientific poster is that like wall of mess you saw earlier, but it's, it's really just like a micro learning interface. Like when people go into a poster session, what they want to do is learn as much about their field as they can very quickly. Right. Um, and and they're, they're totally open. They're like high in openness to state openness. Right. Um, and so if someone's goal is to learn the the quickest way to like help give them information is to teach them something. And so anyway, Twitter poster is the idea that when scientists share information on Twitter, so I'll show a couple of them to you. Um, Usually when scientists publish on Twitter, they publish like uh, a link to an abstract, right? Like, hey, new study, here's the title, link to the paywalled abstract that you can't read, right? right. Um, and that in order to learn that science, you have to click it, right? Um, and and that's too much effort, and especially when you're distracted on Twitter and things like that, right? Um, and so a lot of people, that's too high of interaction costs, they don't click. Um, so a Twitter poster is the idea that you could summarize your whole study in sort of an animated slideshow. Um, so I'll show you some of these since you can still see my screen. And you're just doing hashtag Twitter poster. Hashtag Twitter poster. Um, so you can see here, people have started summarizing their research in these animated GIFs. Um, so it's the idea that you do like a three slide PowerPoint presentation, you export it as an animated GIF posted to Twitter, right? So you're just summarizing your study in like a few slides of animation. And if you look on Twitter, what you can do is you can just basically scroll and start watching these and start learning, learning science. Like here's one about concussions, which is probably relevant to you guys. Um, and you can learn this new science really just by scrolling. A lot of times Twitter will just autoplay these, right? Um, you don't even have to read the tweet. You just watch this right. like, scroll of Twitter posters. Someone made a Twitter poster about their uh, about their wife today, my friend Zachary Neal. I thought that was funny. That's the first personal Twitter poster I've seen non-scientific, but perfectly fine use. But your 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 Twitter poster, better poster, you're engineering the communication device for how you know how the brain and people like to interact with information. Instead yep. of saying I want be be smarter, be less lazy, come and get my science. You're saying, "Hey, don't dumb the science down." Make it more digestible, make it easier to drink, make it easier to, to consume, and you'll get more out of it. That's exactly what I'm saying. I think, especially the first part of what you said, like the people, I think the tendency is to yell at people, right? Like, pay more right. attention, you know, like, or like read it more thoroughly. No one does. So you just, at some point, you just have to like design it to be lazy, right? So you have to make the science lazily digestible. And yeah. if you can just sit here and stare at new research, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to know more, write this way. I will there's it's the internet there are links i know that's new to science but <laughs> i love it all right so that's uh that's twitter poster hashtag twitter poster is how you can uh how you can find that out uh i want to make sure we get to what we're doing right now we're in a during covid world post covid world where's your head go in terms of applying ux to uh to sharing knowledge as we go into the future i feel like twitter poster when all the conferences shut down and you did all this work and you had information that could be on a poster Twitter poster, great way to share it. What else do you see coming down the line? The Twitter poster was kind of a punt, right? It was sort of like I was about to release the Better Poster sequel with all this foraging theory stuff and ideas for physical posters. Then COVID hit, and I was like, well, I can at least try to help people share on Twitter and give them a template for online posters. I think uh, next, um, if this continues, right, then we have to focus on publishing and um and probably online presentations and writing because those variables are still really important online. The, honestly, man, the hardest part of online for me is like, I'm a web developer. I can show you a million great design patterns, right? But scientists don't know HTML and the scientific conferences don't know HTML. And, the, and you know, online is built on, you know, every website's built on HTML and JavaScript and stuff. So it's hard to tell people to do something that they, you know, they can't do in PowerPoint or they can't right. do in software they're familiar with. So they stay so, to what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Which is ironically what I've said before is why this podcast even started is because I was in this world of physical therapy and in school and I was very uncomfortable. I was like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable in this world. So I defaulted to what I am com comfortable with, which is, you know, like uh, goofy laugh tracks 
and uh, <laughs> people, and that's how this thing came about. But uh, but you can put these two things together. You can put that uncomfortable together uh, with the thing that the thing that you're actually trying to do. Step outside your comfort zone, not just to be uncomfortable, but to say, "Is this the best way to do it?" And if it's not, do it differently. There are so many rewards too, and I can tell you from from a work psychology background, sometimes you know, you, you meet people who like, I'm sure in physical therapy who like use a certain method or technique because it's what they know, you know, yeah. it's like in, in work psychology, we talk about how like efficacy, like your sense of being able to do something is really highly related to your interest in doing it. Right. So you want to do the things you feel like you can do. And so the, the flip side of that is if you learn something, you'll want to do it more, right. You'll get that interest will go up when you learn how to do it. Um, so sometimes the interest comes after the efficacy, but yeah, I think that would help a lot, but ultimately like learning the stuff's going to be too high interaction costs. And so the challenge really is to try right. to get new software and new systems to make this easier for scientists. And there's a lot of people working on that too. And this is also my pitch too. physical therapists, the first people, uh, to, to shout from the rooftops, Hey, we're movement experts. If you have an issue, come to us. Don't just wait for it to go away or, you know, we can help you get wherever you want to go faster. We are the professionals. And simultaneously, sometimes we're the last people who will reach out to other professions for help. I can I can just go get a Squarespace uh, template and I can I can I can knock that out. Well, there's reasons why that might be better if you hired a professional web designer who can tell you the three reasons why this template or this thing that I do will actually help you achieve set success faster. Absolutely. I think um, I mean, like, first of all, go go for go for it if you want to go on Squarespace or something. But I think if you've ever seen the website Fiverr, you see yeah. Fiverr. I'm on it. Yeah. I do voiceovers, man. Yeah, of course. And then, yeah, I, I get like everybody hits their limit on like I, I can't do illustrations like I can't draw very well. Um, so when I need to do an illustration or a custom character or something for a video, I'll go on Fiverr and like I've gotten like animations that have like just really made a good impression on very important people in my field that I paid like $35 for. Well, I did the animations, but I paid like $35 for the character design or something, right? So like it takes a very little amount of investment to get things that will really dramatically increase like your ability to communicate. And like you have the ideas. A lot of people, I think, even if you don't know design or coding or that kind of thing, you probably have probably some still good ideas about yeah. how it could be done. And if you yeah. can tell that to someone who knows how to program it, you can create really great stuff. Like that. Uh, I think we're going to do uh, three questions, Mike. Are you ready for three questions? Sure, let's do it. No pressure. Here comes three questions. Coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, three questions brought to you by our friends at RES Medical Staffing, uh, the leaders in hashtag travel PT. Uh, positions in all settings in all 50 states in Washington, D.C. A lot of hard-hit areas in the country. You might be thinking, travel? That's the last thing I want to be doing? Well, a lot of hard-hit areas you can travel for work. Okay, Those areas are areas of need. Uh, get there with Arius. It's A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Again, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Mike on three questions. First question, of course, since Arius is all about travel, where would you want to go somewhere in the U.S.? that you wouldn't mind hanging out and doing user design and user experience for uh, for a couple months? I really want to go to Montana because they don't have speed limits, really. So I, it's always been my dream to like, go rent a Ferrari in Montana or something and drive really fast. I think that's really dangerous. I'm going to put that on my list. I did not yeah. know that about Montana, but I like it. There are at least very high speed limits. Uh, second question on three questions is a what questions. Uh, this is how I stack up my reading list. What's something you've read, watched, or downloaded that you think the audience could benefit from? So I think uh, Don't Make Me Think is like the Bible of user experience design. I would start there. Um, but also like uh, uh, Dan Norman's like the design of everyday things or emotional design are really great books too. Perfect. Uh, three or third question is a who question. It's all about people in the end. Uh, who's someone the audience should know more about? If you check out useit.com, um, it's really, that's the, greatest thing about user experience research is it's all easy to read, right? They're, they're UX researchers. So it's it's all the latest UX research. You can learn about how to write better for, for, for speed of interpretation. You can learn about how to design content better. Little things you can apply to make things that you design interpreted faster and more engaging. That must be horrible if you're at a UX like conference and like someone's like like and you like mess up because it's like a little bit too difficult. Is everybody just like mocking you? <laughs> just like, ashamed. Oh, that guy, that color button. No one will ever click that. That guy sucks. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for doing three questions again. AriusMedical.com. It's A-U-R-E-U-S Medical.com. Last thing we do on the show, Mike, to wrap things up, is the parting 
shot. Let's do that. Party Shop brought to you by our friends at the uh, Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Just gave away uh, uh, access to uh, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. Uh, right to the right to the, the, the point, right? If you want to pass your OCS exam, you go to orthopt.org because the people who are leaders in orthopt, they write current concepts for orthopedic physical therapy. It's a loop there. Just get right to the point. Uh, orthopt.org. Parting shot. Your last chance for a mic drop moment. I feel like Mike's got to have a good one, right? Because you get to the point, and that's the best user experience. Uh, what would you want to leave with the audience? You have to stop. You have to stop being frustrated with people for being lazy, and starting. Then you have to start loving people for being lazy. Yeah, it's ultimate respect when they say, "Hey, listen, that thing that you did, it's great. I want to interact with it more." You just got to be smarter about it, and that'll make you yeah. better in the end. And in, in the moment, I'm sure it's like, "Oh, what do you mean? This is so great." If you take a real look at it, I bet you'd say, okay, you're going to make me better. And then a couple versions, you know, PT Pinecast version, you know, 5.0 will be way better. I'll look back and be so embarrassed. I would never want to hear my first couple of episodes. It would be, it'd be crash. I hate it. Uh, Mike, I appreciate you stopping by again. I expect you coming back here sometime soon. I honestly have said this before, and I would love to do an in-person uh, conference presentation with you, with physical therapists, because you'd be so, they'd be so confused by you. get by without this guy and his way of, th of thinking? So that would be a great- Anytime, yeah, no, as, as soon as physical conferences are again, are a thing again, I'm totally game. <laughs> we do a virtual one, Mike. Maybe we, we engineer it. Maybe we start doing the Netflix of conferences. I don't know. Okay, cool. I don't know. Let's start an app. <laughs> At Mike Morrison. Uh, check him out on YouTube as well. Dude's got only two videos posted to YouTube. He's got a half million uh, views. That ain't by accident. I'm going to try to get to three videos this year. There you go. Well, yeah. you don't want it to <laughs> Uh, my pleasure uh, having you on the first time and uh, definite pleasure having you on this time now that we've got video added and we can uh, we can help enhance with uh, with site there. So thanks, Absolutely. For, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, guys. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right. Show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialties areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.